Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, uh, Buddy. And today we are joined by our illustrious guest, who we've seen, heard, I guess, on the podcast plenty of times before. Welcome, Mark, back to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Hey, everyone. It's a good thing to be back. I like being on every other D&D podcast you do. So... Today we're going to talk about bosses, but before we do that, buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what we do on this podcast? Well, it is pretty uh, pretty straightforward. We like to talk about games, uh, and the games that I guess we're going to talk about first are the games that we uh, that we are running. Um, you know, of Rune Lords, Hell's Rebels, and uh, uh, Shadowrun just started. Um, but uh, because I'm egocentric, I guess let's start with Hell's Rebels. Um, it's a little bit awkward because we always record this on, you know, the Tuesday before the game. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're three sessions deep. And so far, we're three sessions deep with no combat. Because that's, I guess, how I play d and uh, I, uh, <laughs> I personally like seeing um, this podcast go up right before the actual event. It's a good chance to review and uh, get some other comments in. Yeah, it'd be good if I got my shit together and it went up right before the the uh, the event, rather than like a week later when I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's on you, not yes, me. Yes, it is. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, it's one of those things where uh, you know I really like the direction. I guess we've we've taken. Uh, I am a big fan of uh, this like hardcore story story thizing, and I also think that it's important to give people like a proper context for like getting things in gear. But hypothetically, if you guys are you know, we'll we'll maybe get to some combat tomorrow. I guess uh, it depends on how much uh, it depends on how much people want to derail. Uh, derail the tra- the choo-choo train and go do their own shit uh, that's always the case but it's, it's been a lot of fun right like the uh what, what would happen last time we we talked to the shadow veils beauregard had a stunning secret revealed Ooh. what was your stunning secret oh right right that you're all time no don't tell them oh fuck they have to watch <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually really enjoying the like fight list because it basically forces people to pay attention, and I think the skill challenges are a great way to accomplish that. I think that's definitely true. I like the diplomacy challenges so far. Um, I, I, I think the diplomacy challenges have been a little bit too easy. I need to make them a little bit more difficult, and I have a hard time because like part of me wants to show because you know like I can adjust DCs on the back end with circumstance bonuses right and part of me wants to adjust them down in order to force failures to to like increase the tension right and make it a little bit more of like a decision thing um, but also I had a, I had a tough time with the shadow veil one because you guys were making very solid arguments you know um, there was one in the light in the Lyra's uh, in Lyra's diplomacy challenge uh, there was one failure that was a I was a bad argument it was a circumstance uh, penalty that got you guys a failure but there just wasn't really like the same kind of opportunity. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's too easy. I don't know if it's too hard. But uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad. I, I really like the way that they have turned out because I think that they are, you know, I, I feel moving for, in the right direction. I feel for like this style of gameplay though that like is so long as the players are making good arguments that that makes like you know succeeding fail, fa- failing on a well well spoken speech is always kind of like. A downer as especially like if as a player you come up with like something that you think will really ring true and it like sounds good and then it fails because of a dice roll it, it always feels really shitty 
So I, I, I you know, I, I, I'm happy with the way it's going. Granted, Beauregard's talking a lot more than uh, the lot of other players, and and I, I don't know how everybody else feels, but I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it immensely. Honestly, I think everybody's kind of, um, I think everybody's kind of. You know, like I don't. I don't think there's anybody who's really left out to dry. Um, and obviously, this first book is a little Beauregard focused compared to uh, some. You know, there, there's later stuff where you guys aren't going to be in Kintargo, and that is going to be, you know, that's going to be where player where players like Weirin and Rakox shine um, compared to super Kintargo centric Beauregard. Right. Uh, yeah, it so, makes a lot of sense. You know. I think that, that that's a tough kind of aspect to just D and D in general. Is like the, the um, you know, the campaigns are so so long and drawn out that it can almost feel like uh, you know this is almost the case in Rune Lords actually. You know, Kenzo has had a lot of uh, has had a lot of you know specific storyline RP. Uh, same thing with Rufus, and I think we're just now getting into the place where the Wooden Wanderer. Um, is getting you know like is getting like his you know is his story yeah, right like, Arave is yeah. also uh, this chapter Ooh. yeah and I Just imagine spoilers. that uh, I imagine that Khan is forthcoming um, I think we have all I think we're on record as saying I think we, like we've established it in the podcast that uh, your hatred or displeasure with books four and five or something of um, yeah, books four and five. So yeah, he gets, Rune Lords is where stuff leaves the tracks a bit. Yeah, Khan's kind of an interesting case because the tournament was kind of his, but also because I I don't really know what I'm doing with his character. Full disclosure, but <laughs> I yeah, think it's I, tough. I, would love it I, if I we went through this whole campaign with at every stop, you know, Khan being like, "Do you know anybody from the Northlands?" And he's like, "No." And it's, that's just like the entire campaign. It's like, why would I know anybody from the Northlands? <laughs> I, I think a little bit of this is, uh, you know, a little bit of this is on con, like on the character being uh, a little bit less. I, I don't think you can give me a character and not have me be a ham about it. So, uh, but Enoch, I think is is more is more is more in line with kind of playing in the background and letting people do their thing, which is uh, fitting, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and then we played, uh, and then we played Shadowrun. Should we talk about Shadowrun now? Do we talk about it next session? I don't even know how this works. Well, we, uh, so, go for so, it. So just, just so you guys, uh, so you listeners at home know, it was not broadcast. It was a test session. We were kind of fumbling our way through the rules, um, so there's no video evidence of that um, to incriminate us with. But uh, we will start broadcasting that soon. And I think that all, all of us that touched it really enjoyed the system and really enjoyed. The change of pace and the kind of like, uh, I, we're going very pink mohawk with 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 this uh, with this with this set. It seems honestly, I actually think that that's uh, better. I think it's a good In break a from way, the more serious campaigns. We I think I think so as well, and I also think that this is also something that's going to be more or less unique to uh, uh, GMs. You know what I mean? I don't think I'm gonna like. If when if slash when uh, other people take over Shadowrun, I don't necessarily know that I'm going to do Pink Mohawk, right? Like, but I it's very fitting for who Nick is. So yeah, yeah, that's very you true. know. Though honestly, I think I would prefer to do Pink Mohawk just because I kind of almost want to prove. Are we going to rotate? Prove that I want to. Are yeah, eventually. Rotate? I think. Oh, that's uh, sweet. I think that's uh, well. Once we get because the other thing is like bringing other people online into the game is going to take some time, you know. So this is, I guess, this is like really really far down the line stuff but the modular nature of Shadowrun I think makes it easy 
No, I, I actually had an idea, like, this hasn't been vetted with anybody or anything, so no promises, listeners. But I had an idea where, like, eventually, like, those of us that GM could just each pick a mega corporation and run missions for those mega corporations. Oh, see, that would be neato. That sounds reasonable to me. Yeah. I also, I, I also think it would be a great place to um, uh, kind of, like, battle test the... Uh, um, what do we call those? Oh, the, like the vignette styles where like one person runs two or three, you know, two or three sessions in a row that, that are their own kind of its own little complete mini campaign. I have wanted to do that for so long. Um, and I think Shadowrun is kind of the perfect place to see. Um, I don't know to see to see how that comes together. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But yeah, it's it's exciting. It's new. It's fresh. It's fast. Uh, it's and we're fun. excited to share it with you. Uh, that is certainly true, Antros. Anthony Rodriguez. Maybe it should be Anthony. Okay, okay, Cleopatra, calm down. <laughs> you sound bad. You named your character like Jaekwondo, which is... Yes, like- yeah! <laughs> right? like, wow. Dude, it's his alias. Of course it's going to be stupid. That is not an excuse. It's a really... It's just- Shut no. up. Well, no. shut up. That's why I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're here to talk about boss monsters today. Yes, boss fights. Yes. Boss encounterinos. Many thoughts on boss encounters. Uh, I guess so we're just, you know... We're all talking about it in the context of Pathfinder uh, to like set the ground rules, and um, you know what would what would you even call uh, uh, like how would you define like a boss uh, just like so that we can get our our definitions straight before moving forward. I'm kind of interested in Mango's take on this personally because uh, I've never actually uh, been, at least to my knowledge, been in a game that he he has run like a boss character. Yeah. Um. So I would say a boss encounter because I I don't I don't think holding it to the uh, holding it to like uh, a single monster is necessarily good or even desirable considering action economy concerns. Although Mark very famously has a fix for that, which I will let him get into. I I suppose eventually. Um, but uh, I I think it like the, the boss encounter to me is always kind of like that thing at the end of the dungeon. Um, not necessarily like at the, like it's the kind of monster where when you beat it and your player, like, and your players, you know, the players feel, feel kind of wiped out. And I don't know, at least in my, in my experience, if they like manage to skip something before they uh, skip something and then hit the boss, I usually either hand wave or just delete the encounters that they were supposed to hit. Otherwise, just cause if like, it feels like it has a lot of emotional weight to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that that's uh, I think that that's important from a storytelling perspective. Is that you know like your your boss your boss monsters are going to be the climaxes of these like mini arcs, um, and that's where they shine. You know, that's where they they uh, uh, are 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 meant to to be their most interesting. I think. I actually disagree with that. Okay. I think I think I think I <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> I think I, I agree with the premise of like boss monsters being this important subject, but I also think that like you can have many bosses which are still boss encounters, they just kind of lack that emotional weight. So I think in terms of their checkpoints for basically how far PCs are supposed to go to complete um, you know, a task, whereas the task is a, an arc, a dungeon, you know, take a pick. Oh man, I, I see 
I would have a really hard time uncoupling a boss fight from like a climax. Maybe I could make maybe like you, somebody can make the case for um I think like introduction the- like a like an introductory boss fight to a certain extent where like you walk into the dungeon and the first fight is like a big boss encounter just to kind of like set tone maybe. But even then, mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think in terms of talking about mechanics, which is ultimately I think a lot what a lot of this is about. I think I would agree with Mark there. Like, there are creatures that you can run as bosses even if they don't have the emotional weight. Like, say, the... Um, I think boss like, encounters. Like, like, Go ahead. Like, I would say, like, like the seal in, in your Rune Lords game in the basement of uh, right. the fort, right? Like, that that was a, a boss-style encounter that was not a boss fight, but it, it's still called a boss encounter in terms of discussing the mechanics and how to balance it type of right. thing. Right. I think, basically, things that have... Um, at least from a design perspective, boss encounters are things that require heavier attention to detail, whereas, like, you know, other encounters that, you know, they can have a... Basically, non-boss encounters tend not to have much narrative weight except for kill these dudes. But the boss encounter doesn't have to have that. It just has to have an attention to detail. And, like, a final boss encounter has both. Hmm. Yeah, I but, don't know. Uh, but, you know, if we kind of ground the boss encounter as something that is meticulously designed regardless of emotional impact, I think that's kind of a good reference point because that keeps it nice and broad. I, I mean, I, I guess I meticulously uh, I meticulously design a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I feel that. Okay, I, I get that. I also think to a certain extent, I think that uh, to a certain extent I would be okay with defining some of these things as like mini-bosses, right? You know, fighting a dragon in the middle of a dungeon is a... That's, you know, it's a mini-boss, there's, it's just kind of another encounter or whatever, but just the nature of it being a dragon, which is inherently a solo monster kind of thing, uh, fills in those gaps. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think for the sake of um, this cast, we should just say boss encounter as um, mini-boss inclusive. Yeah, I feel that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, if if we're talking about mechanics and the like. So... Let's talk about boss mechanics. So now that we've kind of got a general idea that boss mechanics are, or a boss encounter is, you know, a set piece encounter that's, you know, fairly well designed, or, you know, at least attention is paid to it rather than here's like five rogues, they're going to fight you. What would you, what makes a, what makes an enjoyable boss fight? And what's like an example of that boss fight you've had in, you know, any of your D&D games or any tabletop really? Unless, do we want to talk about video games too? Or I think this. Yeah, this let's just focus it on D and D. All right. Yeah. yeah this is like, actually, I think even like Pathfinder specific, right? Like, like. Okay, Pathfinder with, then. Dealing with uh, key, I'm right, well, players. Yeah, we'll get there, I guess. Um. Hmm. Do you want to? Do you want to go first? Who wants to go first? Not me. <laughs> um. So here's the thing. I here's here's my thing about boss fights. Um, a lot of my I don't like Pathfinder en- enemy design as very much at all. Um, I think that uh, uh, I really enjoy uh, one of the big things that I like about Fourth Edition, like from the jump between three five and Fourth Edition, was how monsters got changed. Um, and I use a lot of those kinds of Fourth Edition templates when thinking about bosses. Um, and so, and, and so I've imported almost those, uh, like that framework into Pathfinder, 
uh, almost you know, point for point, but something that I like, man, I don't even know that I want to like reveal this on the podcast, but something that I've been thinking about a lot, which I think is going to factor into, uh, what, what you guys are talking about or doing is, um, something I like about boss fights is phases, right? So, you know, at, at, 66% 66% and above HP, they're in phase one, and then 33%, 66%, phase two, 33 below. You can fuck with those numbers, you know. Um, and I like bosses that transition uh, from one, you know, like that transition from one phase to another. By the way, this is all in fourth edition. Um, solo monsters tend to do this where as soon as they hit the half HP mark, they they become more powerful. Some of their moves are buffed. Uh, they, they get instant actions. They use action points, that kind of stuff. Um, and I really like that design. I think that design is great. And something that I like a lot about that design is uh, a, it's an easy way to add actions to the list so a boss fight in the beginning has low has low numbers of actions but as he gets lower and lower he starts getting additional actions per round um which i think really helps uh in my in my mind this is going to really help with the tension you know in in yeah, he's at 25% HP, but he has now all of a sudden he has three actions per round and you got to end it, you know what I mean? Like you got to end him kind of thing. And I think that's uh that's that's one of my theses. I think I, many. I have a lot of them. You know, <laughs> I think that's important to basically, you know, a boss fight becomes really stale if it's the same thing, you know, day after day you know, round after round sort of thing. I think that's, you know, I think it's very important to keep things varied, but I also don't think you need to necessarily add mechanics to justify lower health or something like that. I think, at least for me, like, what I like to do is I like to, like, make a a note in the morale about how uh, their actions change depending on what the PCs do. So, one of the boss encounters I really enjoyed running was the uh, Zanesha fight for my Runelords game. And... You know, spoilers to those who are watching, but, you know, if you've been following along, which I don't think many are because the what the campaign was not saved. <laughs> um, Zanesha in the core Rise of the Rune Lords campaign is a sorcerer. And as a Lamia matriarch, she has base sorcerer casting. This makes her a very different fight than what I did because I made her a base uh, psychic and gave her psychic levels. And throughout the fight, she essentially focused on debuffing at, like, the PCs and kind of taking them out one at a time, while the environment itself was this collapsing, exploding tower. And I really liked that because I thought I provided something for every character to be involved, and also at least kept the work down for me by taking PCs out so I could focus on what the other ones were doing. So... As far as, like, good design goes, I just think a good boss fight is something that does have narrative strength, but it's also something that's interesting and mechanically different for players, and sometimes that can be just showing off different strengths or different weaknesses inherent to the PCs. What did you guys think of that fight? I thought that, see, I thought that the the, the, the shining aspect of that fight, fight was the environment. I thought that the, yeah, the it was the, it was the... Uh, it was the map that sold that fight, not necessarily Zanesha herself uh, as a monster. Right. I mean, we talk, we've talked about this before, where you know, whereas Z- because Zanesha was based a lot on these kind of single target debuffs, uh, that's a, that's an inherently frustrating experience 
just by like its nature. So sure. I just, I, I guess like, I don't think frustration is necessarily a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing in excessive doses, but I think a little bit of frustration makes it like, Sure, sure. I, I, I don't, I'm not. I'm not trying to say it's bad because it's frustrating. I'm just trying to. I, I'm saying the thing that sold that fight to me was not the element that I found frustrating. Right. It was right. The element that I thought was cool and interesting, which was the map. Uh, the the the. See, I. So why don't see, why don't you I, talk about the map or mango? Why don't you chime in a little bit too? Because that because I think making a good map for a boss fight is is just as important as the boss itself having good mechanics. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I, mean, I I think that that can be important. I don't think I don't think that's that needs to be true. I think a boss can stand on its on its own in terms of what happens. I think it helps um, though. Um, it it can. I don't think that's one hundred. Like I I think that there's this kind of balance between like you don't want so many things happening that uh like either the players feel overwhelmed or they feel like they feel like like that there's what's what's the right way to put this like th- th- there's a point at which like you know you can kind of go fuck around with something else instead of the boss but i don't think that's 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 great i, I mean think, i i get where I, you're I think basically of, having alternatives to just hit boss real good right um i think i think that can be true i think some boss fights are great just with hit boss real good um like what one of my favorite boss fights in recent history was the uh the 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 end fight for iron gods i love that fight and that was mostly hit various creatures real good and and I, yeah but even that fight had ads you know right but that's that's not an environment thing that that's a creature thing i right? and, i don't know i think that might count as a little bit of environment cuz i think so I'm just saying I'm just saying that that wasn't just you know we weren't just it wasn't one, a DPS we didn't all just race. go okay. yeah we it, it was it wasn't a patchwork fight where we all just walked up to unity and beat stick him as hard as we possibly could sure uh, there but, were other things to focus on I okay, was dealing so, with ads. so if 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 you want if you want to say that like like mechanics other than beat sticking then yes that's very important but that doesn't always manifest as the environment some does you always that manifest as ads sometimes that manifests as as you were saying earlier buddy extra mechanics on the boss creature itself. Um, But I I think that is a potential successful component. Like, I thought the Zanesha fight was made much better for the environment. In fact, I don't think that there is a... I don't think there would have been a great way to have made Zanesha herself, like, the standalone thing that made that fight work. Um, I I think that 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 that, that whole area is kind of pulled together really well and it worked together as a fight environment as it were i also think as far as like bosses and pathfinder have a weakness of the action economy yeah this is the point that we've been dancing around and, for yeah. a lot so let's just let's, yeah, i think the action right. economy. Right. i think that's kind to... of the central like central difficulty of bosses at least from a gm's perspective of like managing them making them challenging Especially if you have an oversized party. Right. So Okay. So for all the theater kids out there, this is why the action economy is important. Because a boss monster hypothetically only gets one round per or one uh you know one they, round they get per one, initiative. One pass. round per per or one turn per round is the is the terminology right. I'm looking for. They only get one turn per round and the party gets four to five, right? This gives the party so many more options uh to deal with the boss than the boss has to deal with the party. Which is why uh I have you just ex- adopted this at this point? Like your bosses get two 
two actions in the initiative order baseline? Well, what I do is I um, adjust their CR based on a template. So I either give them the Agile Mythic template, or I use the Elite template, which basically gives them an extra round among some other benefits. So for those who are looking for a more kind of raw way to beef up their bosses, the Agile Mythic template I think is the simplest way of doing it, because just, it just improves your monster and most importantly gives them a second turn to act. Oof. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't know all that much about... Uh, see, this is, this is kind of what I mean by saying I, uh, I pull a lot of my enemy design from 4th edition. Uh, I, I haven't really paid attention to all, like, there are a million templates out there that I've never read before. Though the Elite one is obviously one I'm familiar with because I guess that one's in the core rulebook or whatever. Or no, I'm thinking Advanced. Yeah, Advanced is, is not one? the same. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So the advanced template basically just makes your monster better, but um, the elite template is essentially just a complete overhaul, and it gives them several tangential benefits. For, like, to wit, it's they get an extra round at minus 20 initiative, they get, like, you know, like, better wealth by level, that sort of stuff. It's just a bunch of little things for quality of life adjustments. For like very, it's basically to put a monster on the same level that PCs are. Uh, fair enough, I suppose. Um... So, again, like the the big problem with the boss fights is it's how you incorporate the additional turns. So sometimes you want to include add monsters or additional creatures for the PCs to fight, or you know, alternatively, you give the boss more rounds. And I feel like giving the boss more rounds can be kind of immersion-breaking in a, in a lot of ways, and I think that's a certain pitfall. But um, the way I kind of like to like imagine that is the boss is just doing more with their action because that's why they need a full party of people to fight them. Some monsters are just better equipped. Interesting. See, I kind of think that the... I See, I just kind of feel like at that point, the, um, the, the, like the simulation is an abstraction, so... I don't know. I've never had a problem with that. I've never felt that way about uh, about monsters. Does that break your sacred contract, Mango? Um. Uh, so so long as the rules are understood, like so so long as like you know everybody kind of goes into the game. You say one of the things I do to balance boss fights is is give them extra turns. You know that that's fair game. So long as it's written into the contract, it's not broken. Um, See, I actually almost disagree with that. I had I had planned on revealing this. Uh, I, I I've revealed it at this point, but I had planned on revealing this boss mechanic where, as they get lower, they get more actions in the economy uh, on the first boss fight in Hell's Rebels. You would have been frustrated by that. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I like I don't mind playing off off raw. I just would when when well, I probably. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. I know you, so you know. At, at some point, I know you, and I'm like, if you pull some bullshit, I'm like, well, buddy's pulling some bullshit. That's why I played the combat ineffective character. Hint, hint. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, it, if you were just some dude I knew, and, like, at the first boss fight, you were like, oh, new mechanics for bosses, I would have been like, that's not this what is I... shenanigans. Yeah, and and you know if at at the end of the day it's one of those things where if it's well implemented, I have fun in the fight. I'm probably not going to make us think about it. But all things considered, I'd rather 
no what going into it. What a sacred contract. See the thing. See, no, so, okay. So my so my perspective in 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 this whole thing is that um, the I I think it's important for. Uh, like it's going to be obvious, right? It's not like it's going to come out of it's not going to come out of left field, right? It's you get the bus to a certain threshold, and I roll a second initiative on on the thing and tell you, hey, look, this boss, you've you've enraged the boss. He is now stronger because he is lower HP, right? Uh, and I think that having an encounter where that's a surprise, where that's a mechanic that you've never seen before, and you have to deal with that on the fly is. That that's you, you know that's something that's that's like worthwhile uh, for for players in that in that kind of in that kind of way. I don't know. That's how that's that that was the genesis of this whole. See, thing. I, I, I don't I, really put a lot of value on like a surprise. Like I, I agree I don't with Buddy. Think... Actually, I think it's good to keep players on their toes a little bit, and I just think it's like a it's a fine balance between what's a surprise and what's like an asshole. And I think that just dep- depends a lot on your By players. The way, I also think another half of this is that it it codes bosses in a very obvious way for players down the line. Um, like this is a boss kind of thing. Yeah, when you're fighting a guy, when you're fighting a guy, and all of a sudden he gets a second initiative to pop on the thing. Like Oop, this, you know, you know obviously the story is going to code them a boss fight. You know, X Y Z is going to code them a boss fight. Uh, but that's a mechanical way to code something as a boss fight is by saying, you know, as this guy gets lower, he gets his abilities change up a little bit and, uh, he gets more actions in the, uh, in the action economy. I also think, so the other, another, another piece of this that is important to me is I want the boss to stay, uh, dangerous up until the end. I think in a lot of boss fights, I agree with that. What ends up happening is, you know, as the boss gets lower and lower and lower, it almost becomes a slog to finish it. And there's, and, and it's the, the, the danger is the boss at high HP at the start of the fight. And the, the danger goes down and down and down and down. And I'm hoping to reverse that. Uh, that's the slope of that tension by saying, okay, as you do more, as you go harder, he gets tougher. And uh, and I think that that's pretty important. I think that's I, I tend to agree with that as a concept, and I think that's kind of anti-simulationist. But you know, you're playing a game, right? Like if it was a perfect yeah. simulation. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, tabletop's my, my not argument, the way. Yeah. My my argument wouldn't be an argument to simulation, right? No, your arg- your game. argument's basically like it's you should well, go in expect know, you should they, go they, in yeah. expect if you, if someone says X and you do Y. When well, Y I, wasn't I, in the range of options, it's not enjoyable. I, I, yeah, I, I think you kind of hit on it that, like, there's a difference between a surprise and an ass pull. And, like, adding an extra initiative round is, like, I feel like that's dancing right on that border of, like, what's an ass pull and what's, and, and, and what's mechanically viable. Like, I think there are enough mechanics already in the pool, um, which include, like, the, the, the mythic template and, and whatnot, that you could surprise your players... With 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 kind of like the 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 the, the toolbox that exists, um, I'm also kind of this is also just kind of like a a wariness of kind of un un of of untested mechanics, right? Like I trust Paizo to to put some effort into the things that they do, so um, I feel very confident pulling a tool out of that toolbox. Whereas the you know the the hammer I cast myself um, might break. Um, I've I've had them break. I've I've had my my own type of adjustments. Ones that I thought were fairly safe, like uh, um, like increased health pools backfire on me in, in boss fights. 
Um, yeah, you see, inc- I actually don't like increased health pools on boss fights. Um, this is actually a problem with 4th edition boss fights is they have these giant, giant health pools. So it does become a bit of a slog in just, like, wailing against, the, you know, like the boss just soaks so much kind of damage that it's, like, it's almost not even fair um yeah i, I think uh, and, i think and it loses mm. and it loses its its snappiness because it just gets like, boring you're, yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're just it's it's a little bit like destiny you know what i mean like you're just like plinking off like yeah into bo- fractions into, mm. i i think at some point I, or i think that for most pathfinder encounters you do need to raise the base base health i just think people do too much da- i just think players do too much damage like like i don't think monsters sure, do sure. because it's distributed over a party in theory but like yeah. to it, like players that you know focus fire a boss like they do you know way too much damage for it to live through unless like it's unhittable. Well, I think, I think that, that a couple exactly of other why. pieces. I think a couple of other pieces also factor into it. Um, I think uh, so. You know, part of the fourth edition enemy design is the differences between a couple of different like enemy subtypes, right? Like you know, you have leaders and you have artillery and you have lurkers, right? Um, and all of this stuff. And uh, part of that is that you know, like a brute. You know, like, the ogre has a low AC but a huge hit pool, whereas the soldier has a high AC but a medium kind of hit pool, whereas, you know, the sorcerer has mirror image, right, but a tiny, hit, like, hit pool. You know what I mean? And I think those kinds of things are uh, also very good at making bosses uh, uh, tankier. Um, I also wonder... allowing a couple of different ways to, like, approach that. Is dodge tanking fun, though, to be, like, against? I, I wonder... Uh, I, I, I think, don't think I, I it feel is. like it's not. Yeah, I, I feel like if you miss, like, like I can missing see, every round is is not fun. I can see kind of balancing it around, like, okay, your super accurate guy is this guy's, you know, bitch, basically, right? Like, that's the point. You have a guy who just is really good at hitting things, and he's the only one who can get the boss. Okay, sure, but by the same token, you can't make it so that the other players that try and hit him are unable to do so, or like that- unable to affect the boss. Yeah, uh, man, how do I feel about that? See, I actually don't know that I agree. I I think that, like, you can have a person that's hard to hit as, like, one... Like, if you have, like, a a four-man boss fight, right? Like, the ringleaders, the local gangs, whatever. You can have one of them be near impossible to hit, so long as you have, like, something in the middle of the room to kind of wail on. Um, or even, you can even have it be the boss if you have, like, I think a bunch of ads in the room that the person who can't... Who's a little less, like, the rogue versus the, you know, swashbuckler or whatever. See, I, I think a piece of this, I, see, I don't know that I agree with that, because I, I don't think that every character should be equally as effective against every No, but the thing, that's true, but they have to have something to do. I, so... I think there's always other options, right? And for for specifically for like a dodge tank boss, right? Like let's say you have a dodge tank boss. I think your options come into other places like are you going to try and set up – and I also think that a part of this is setting up weaknesses for your bosses, right? Like are you going to be able to set up flanks in order to get the attack bonuses you need kind of thing? Um, or maybe you – you know, maybe True Strike all of a sudden becomes a really effective spell for the Sorcerer to cast uh, or, you know, the Magus to cast or whoever kind of thing. Those, those kinds of things are um, – that the, you know, there are options to get past – 
uh, dodge tanking. I think I think dodge tanking in the context of crane style uh, in in the so. Oh boy, let's man, let's is, not oh talk boy. about crane style. I think I think guaranteed dodges along those lines, guaranteed dodges like deflect arrows can run into dangerous territory. Um, but just having having a boss with a a very high AC or with a you know. Uh, a blink or displacement or whatever. I don't think that those are. Uh, I, I think. I, I think. think it, I think. It, designs. I think. I think it depends. I think. Like. I think. For. I think. For. For. For blink or 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 displacement. I think you're fairly fine because that's like uh, you know it's coming and you know yeah. it's there sort of I, thing. I think. I think with increased AC, there's a very fine line, like. It's it's like a like a, a place of like a point of armor or two, where your player. It, this is especially true at the lower levels. So this is again something that happened in in my relearned game. Actually, I accidentally applied a set of buffs twice, um, because I thought the stat block didn't have the buffs, so I applied the spells they said they casted, um, and it made the AC just high enough that, you know. Of like the seven or six or seven rounds of combat, she like the the boss got hit like twice, um, and that was super frustrating for the players. That the, they, See, they... The th- so I think that if you can balance that out with a mage being super effective, or if you can balance that out with the the hit pool being so low that each of those hits did a huge chunk of the bar. This is kind of the case with Kenzo to a certain extent, right? Um, where uh, it certainly like. It sucks when I can't get my full attack off, right? But, like, as, you know, when I challenge a boss and I hit a boss with a challenge, that it doesn't matter if I miss four of my five shots. The the chunk that I get feels good. And that's that's, I, a, I think, I, and that's a little bit of, like, the principle that I'm going for. I, I think part of that, too, mm, I, I think part of that, too, is, like, you know, in, in the games at my table, I don't, like, you know, in some of the games we play on Roll20, we have health bars. I don't have health bars at my table. That's It's not, like, a feasible thing to do. Um, true. An in-person really thing. Fair. And so it's hard to feel the impact. Like, you can roll really high damage. Um, and then just but, not know what you're actually doing kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and most of the time that manifests is, what? But I did X damage to them already. Why aren't they dead? Yeah. Which is, like, the opposite of... Of what you want. So, um, and I, I think the other part of that is like you're, you're right, buddy. There are places where um, a well prepared mage can shine, but you rarely walk into a, a boss fight knowing where, that that's the case. Yeah, like th- there are very few times when you're you're running through the dungeon and you're like, hmm, I predict an X up ahead. Good thing I prepared Y, Z, and T, which directly counter them, which is the, kind of the thing that would work in that situation. I think if you set up the encounter to do that, that can, that can work, right? If, if, if you can um, set up set up your players for success in that way, uh, which kind of, uh, in a weird way, leads to this kind of, uh, what do I want? I want to call it like a, like a, a paradox, right? Like, if you give your your if your players are cognizant enough to like prepare well ahead of time, you can make the boss fight harder. But if they kind of go at it whole hawk, um, unless like you're you know, you're trying to prove a point that you need to prepare for your boss fights, then you kind of want to make that boss fight easier because uh you want you want the fights to be uh, approximately beatable, right? Sure. Man, see I so I don't think that it can be just as easy as your ma- your your wizard having like a incredibly 
like dispel magic. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be a, a super esoteric spell in order for that to be effective. Right, but how often? But like, yeah, you if have you to dispel, a dis- dispel magic, right? Like, so that's what she's not a fireball, dispel, right? I think. I think dispel magic is is a normal thing for people to put what do you guys for unprepared casters to have on their spell lists i agree um but what do you guys think about multi like as far as boss encounter what do you guys feel about uh so we've mostly been talking about boss fights that are one character what about a boss fight with multiple enemies like either multiple ads or a council fight kind of thing what about that? Like, what do you think uh, makes I, a good I, design? I have, I have never had a good experience with councils. Uh, I always, I but I've had great experience with ads. I think ads are good. Councils are iffy. Like multiple bosses of the same kind of strength. Yeah, I think probably the best way to make that work is to go the WoW route and have a shared health pool. But like, it just feels. Ugh. I, I think I think that I've 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 had good fights against. Um, either like, a, you know, opposing party types or, or like those, those kind of like multiple, I, I think it's definitely doable. I just think, I mean, considering be, like the tournament, right? Like that was basically all council yeah. fights. Yeah. I, I, I think they, I think they can go well. Absolutely. Um, see, I actually wouldn't think of the tournament as being council fights. Okay. How would you Why? define a council fight? Because, because, well, because they're not, they're not, they don't have the extractions and, and like boss monster kind of mechanics. That's just a group. And it's a particular, you know, like it's a tough group, you know what I mean? And it's a boss fight in in like a narrative really sense, kind of in a narrative sense, right? But it's not like I I don't think I mean correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I I don't think that you made any kind of uh, like I don't think there's a lot of similarities between Zanesha and the and the tournament boss fights, right? But if you have multiple people, then you if you have a council fight, you don't need to do as many adjustments because yeah. Frankly, because the action economy issue, which is the biggest issue, uh, is is mitigated a bunch, right? Like you don't you don't need every character in a council fight to take multiple actions because you've already got four of them taking four actions, right? Like it it just works itself out that way. Like it's 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 still a it's still it's still a boss fight. It's just one where you don't have to introduce extra mechanics to get to put the boss on even footing with the player. Agreed. Like I think that I think yeah, I don't some... know. I, I just think that falls outside of our uh, kind of like mechanics. Uh, I don't know because like focus on on how boss fights come down. I mean, I feel like that's a, that's a, that's a potential solution, right? Like you throw uh, did did you did you reveal the name of 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 the woman on top of the tower in your Lords game? I don't want to spoil it. If Zanesha, you... no, no, the the one the one that we're about. to Oh, fight. Lucretia. Yeah, Lucretia. Um. Zanesha and Lucretia. If, if we fought Zanesha and Lucretia at the same time, I could see that fight working. You just don't need to give them two actions, right? Like, you literally take you take the Zanesha fight, but you make them you, two you different. You give two of them or whatever. Yeah. And you just run it like that, and I think that that fight, it's got a different flavor, um, and potentially it plays out a little bit differently, but I think I think it works just as well as the double initiative Zanesha. See, but at that point, it kind of stops being like a mechanically boss encounter because I think that double initiative, those kinds of things. Uh, at that point, it's just is at that point. I, I disagree. Just another, it's just a tough encounter. I, I disagree because you you still have in, in in that case you'd still have the the tower falling down around you. You'd still have um, that stuff isn't unique to boss fights either, though. It's narrative, narratively, I'm with you. Narratively, 100. percent I'm totally with you. How they can like 
serve as like these capstone climactic fights yeah you get a whole council of them together right um but i just think that when we're talking about these are some mechanics that my bosses tend to share these are mechanics that i use i give to uh my bosses in order to make them you know scary or up the tension or more powerful or whatever council council fights are just regular encounters that are more difficult Comparatively. I kind of, I just kind of disagree. Like, I think there's a difference between a, gr- a standard group fight and then a boss fight with multiple guys or a council fight. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Mark. I think this might I really think the only thing I, I can't think of anything more than just that it being harder or it coming at a certain point in the story. As as compared to what? As compared to stuff like. These bosses, the lower these bosses get, they get more stuff, right? Uh, these bosses, well, you could do are, the same thing. They have two have two actions in the action economy. Well, sure, right? but it could be uh, something as simple like as like you know when one of the guys in the group goes down, the rest of them enrage, or you know when there's only one left, he gets two actions or something. Yeah, and I also I also feel like that if you use ads, you you shouldn't be adding on these these things that you're talking about as heavily because you're fixing the action economy problem by adding ads. Even I see. I think that I think that ads with uh, so you know if if I have a dragon with ads and uh, and the dragon has extra actions in the economy, I think that that's balanceable. I, th- I think that's I think that's balanceable. Down and have it be less than your dragon by itself. Yeah, obviously. sure. Sure. So it's just a well, matter of degree I mean, at I, that point. Not even all that obviously, because I think, for instance, in the in the boss design that I'm talking about, hypothetically, if the ads are in the fight and you know you like hypothetically there's ads in the fight, there's the um, there's the boss, right? You know that you should take out the ads before you go after the boss because the boss is just going to get more dangerous as you bring it lower. That's strategy. You know, that's strategy coming from these kinds of things. So do you think a boss fight? Um at least the way you're defining it, is kind of contingent on one sing- like one very important enemy, or maybe two, that are modified. From, from this kind of mechanics perspective. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I think, but like, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, I think that a council fight can be a boss, you know, a council fight can be a boss fight. It can be in the same place as a boss fight narratively, right? I just don't think it shares all that many mechanics with what I'm talking about in regards to, in regards to uh, solo monsters or, uh, you know... But, but monsters with ads, right? Those those two exist in a category that I'm talking like from a mechanical perspective. These are some boss mechanics that I'm adding to these two groups. But a council fight, I can't add those mechanics. So it's yeah, I, I, I think I think that that's that's not true. I think Mark's right, right? Like the, it's a very classic example of like the the your master blaster type fight that when one of them goes down, the other one the other one gets angry type of deal, or like you you know you need to kind of. Uh, like you've you've got the enemies linked in some fashion. I I don't. Think yeah, that's that, I mean that's what I mean. I, I think the like, master blaster way to do it. I think that makes sense. I like I said before. I think if you if they have shared health pools, I think that it's fine. Um, but uh, I think, those are kinds of. I, I don't think that that's appropriate for every fight, and I think uh, I think of course the health it's not appropriate one, for every fight. Like, you know, well, like, yeah, I think the health one is tougher to implement because you probably have to do that in you have to do that in universe with magic, um, which isn't necessarily applicable to every uh, sure. Every council. But you but you can you can also like apply things to a lesser degree, right? Like your council fight has like a wizard, a rogue. And a big beefy dude. Maybe the big beefy dude enrages, and the wizard doesn't. Right? Like you can, you can, you can, 
hit these kind of points and just apply them to a lesser degree. I, I think I think it's the very least worth talking about. Yeah. Sure, but those mechanics... So, here's the thing. We're creating a bunch of mechanics that are also mechanics that we can't add to the other group. So, sure. it's still kind of a net... I don't know. I just think it's just going to... I think, ultimately, a boss fight is more than the sum of its mechanics. And obviously, you want to make every single fight in, you know, a campaign well-designed, like, in theory. But I think adding on mechanics to really raise the impact of one particular fight or one particular enemy, I think if you look at it from that way, Buddy has a point that, you know, there's a difference between fighting, like, okay, here's the rival adventuring party. Then you don't really add on it. You don't really add anything else. It's just this very tough group of dudes whereas like with a boss fight and it's just one guy that person has to be exceptionally tough whereas like fighting i think there's but by the same token like i think if you fought like three bosses and each of them had two actions that would be kind of interesting too like i think you can do both like i yeah yeah that's that's the point in between like the twin boss or the or like if you had like five guys with two actions each. yeah i see i think i think the twin boss kind of straddles the line i think twin boss you could set you could make that work twin boss each of them having two actions or they they enrage down to get more actions um i think that's that's designable three four bosses that's rough it it it, it, one it depends it also depends for for the purposes of the discussion, let's assume uh, a four man party because you know you can you can do three 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 to four bosses much easier if you've got a six to seven person party. But like we're gonna keep um, everything in the four to five range. Yeah, I think just, I think just, I think four to six is probably fair because like with six that's kind of a PFS table. But sure, you know the, the, for the sake point, of argument, like you want to keep yeah. your numbers as low as possible without you know. Yeah, I I think that, um. Like I, I think that they're so. What I'm thinking about when we kind of like, you know, pulling inspiration for these kinds of, of of signaling events and like how you you set these things up. I'm thinking about things like, say, Dark Souls and Bloodborne, or like any or a lot of character action games where like, you know, most of your fights are most of your your fights against the mooks. Um, well, I'm not saying that they're not well designed. I think they are intentionally low impact, right? Like. You don't want every fight to be this kind of like horrific. You want, kinda. yeah, you, you you want your special fights to shine, um, and I I think that like you need not necessarily. I don't want to say that they need to be bad fights, but I think that they by necessity need to be lower impact, fairly standard fights in order to 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 make those to make those good moments really shine. Right, you you need you need that kind of balance over the course of a, over the course of a, a campaign, right? Like, like, I don't think boss rushes are particularly interesting, um, in in either tabletop or video games. See, form. I don't know that I think that mook rushes are particularly interesting either. This is a part of what I like about Fourth Edition, uh, and why I I kind of campaign so heavily for it, in uh, my own way because. The, like, the enemy kind of these templates, right, where you walk into a room and it's four archers and one ogre, right? That is a, that's a fight, this is a fight of mooks, right? Um, And in 4th edition terms, that's one brute and four artillery uh, monsters. 
And that requires different tactics than walking into a fight with two soldiers, two lurkers, and a leader. Sure, you know what I mean? like, I'm not saying, and I think that, and I think that that, and I think that that's key, and I think that the, figuring out these kinds of strategies uh, is an easy way. You know, like I don't, I don't particularly want those fights to be difficult or as difficult as the boss fights are and i don't think that they need to be as mechanically complex right in a in, in, if if that fight were to go down in hell's rebels and um enoch's cavalier Rakax tanks the brute while the rest of the party focuses on blowing up these uh these archers on their back line and then you all coalesce again on the brute i think that's very straightforward tactics and i wouldn't want to I, I you know what i mean like i wouldn't want to make that too difficult, right? I, that that is an appropriate strategy for taking out this, uh, for taking it down this encounter. But a strategy is required more than just. Sure. So I'm going to so run up and punch guys. I, I don't. I don't, like, I don't think that's any different from what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying that the fight should be poorly designed. I'm saying that they that they're they're by necessity need to be fights that are that are relatively low impact, right? Like that when you, when you walk. Okay. Like you know, I, I guess I'm coding I'm coding low impact a little bit uh, a little bit in the sense of like, like almost like boring or like too because I think there's also the case where the the that fight with the artillery happens where everybody comes in and they focus on the brute and they just get peppered with arrows um, and you know I think what that's I mean? like, like good strategies more... and bad strategies but just walking up to four, five four knights and meleeing down these you know what i mean like i think that that can be i think that's know, more of a general encounter as, design rather than a boss specific thing yeah. though no it definitely is i'm just i, I just want to like answer that specific thing okay. I, th- I think i think every i think every encounter should have tactics and strategy to it more than just okay i've got a question actually directly follow up on, on that statement about um about uh, tactics and strategy. You, you, you want every fight to have tactics. I think we all do, right? We we want our players to think and not just be like, "Boy, full attack every round." Um, I think that, or rather, how do you balance that with your desire for like s- surprises and 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 these kind of like unexpected things, right? Like, if nobody knows that your boss is uh enraged when they get low health and get extra extra when they get low to, with low health how do you prepare like how, how does a party prepare for that if that's not a thing that they know can happen if you yeah, want that, them to that sh- strategize for, around it that only lasts for the one encounter though the first time yes that is supposed to be it's it's kind of like an XCOM. the first time you meet a new alien you have no idea you know what i mean like okay. you walk into a sectopod what the fuck does the sectopod do I, I I don't know what a sectopod does. I'm just gonna you know like I'm gonna just try some stuff, see what works, and that's a little bit of what I'm kind of uh, uh, hoping to go for in that sense. It it kind of isn't going to work. I mean, it probably will work. No, nobody in House Rebels is this podcast, um, so I'm sure they will be plenty surprised uh, when the first boss rolls around and uh, and you know he gets stronger so- and stronger as he gets lower and lower, right? But. Uh, I, 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 it's I, something I, to be. It's something that that'll be easier to figure out, basically, for the rest of the campaign. Like, I, I I think I think you're hitting on something that's 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 accurate, but I, I think you're missing a piece, which is in, in your example with XCOM. When I see an enemy I've never seen before, I know that I don't know what it's going to do. When I see like this theoretical boss character you throw at us, I don't know to not ex- like. I don't know to not expect 
or to to not know what to no, expect. No, known unknowns sense. versus unknown knowns kind of thing. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Well, I, I mean, to be honest, I kind of feel like D&D should almost be a case where every fight is, is running into something you don't know. Actually, this is a bit of why I think that it's important to keep this kind of stuff on the down low and secret from players, because I don't like a version of D&D where players can instantly code what I monsters agree. are and what I they heavily do. agree with that. Like, I think it's a huge problem that I can throw ghouls at someone and they know the stats what, what and the everything. Yeah, they know the stats. They know the danger of ghouls. They know how, you, your characters don't know that stuff. And I think that it's important to no, and, obfuscate it uh, and, and, uh, in a lot of ways. And I think that's fine for, you know, a, a ghoul is something that when it walks up, you'll be like, this is a like a decayed fleshy body. And maybe the player knows what a ghoul is and, and you're kind of fucked from that from that perspective but when most boss monsters aren't or aren't or boss monsters aren't necessarily things you haven't seen before especially i'm thinking hell's rebels a lot of boss encounters are probably going to be like just really powerful dudes right like really powerful humans or devils or, 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 or sentience right something that you can reasonably look at and be like well that's a human i know how humans work generally and if you throw like like if you throw those types of mechanics top of them, you don't know to expect them to behave differently, which is, um, which is kind I mean, of. My... I also think that's part of it. I think that I think that yeah. In book three, if you guys are walking into encounter into an encounter and it looks like a regular encounter, but all of a sudden they're you know, all succubi boss to sixty six. Well, no, I'm just saying if you know you drop the box, you drop the boss to sixty six. He pops in another turn on the tracker. Now, now you know he's a boss. You might not have necessarily known. So yeah, there there are going to be plenty of times when the boss monster. It is the last room of the dungeon. Obviously, he's a boss. It is this named NPC that you have been tasked to go hunt down. Obviously, he's a boss, right? But I definitely think that there are some times when like a, a boss can come out and you know, come out of the woodwork and surprise. See, the party. I, I think if the mechanics are doing the job of surprise, the mechanics are doing the job of surprising you with 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 this like. I think it's 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 bad for the reveal that this character is a boss to be in a mechanical way, right? For that reveal to be the fact that he gets a second turn on the turn tracker. I feel like that's something that's much better serviced by by a story element. I think um, I, yeah, I think well, it can go I mean, both that, ways that, personally. Like I think it's like you know, it's one thing to say like, okay, well you know, Mandarin Zuzu is a boss and it's like that's that you know for sake of argument, like, let's assume that's true. You know, you know he's going to have multiple turns on the initiative tracker. But, like, if you encounter some, like, giant monstrosity in the woods, you don't know, like, until it kicks on that second turn, you don't know how, like, screwed you are kind of thing. And I think being sure, able but, to, but, like, but, but I, and I think being able to pull that out and be like, oh, you know, not do it frequently, but when you do do it, be like, okay, this guy's tough. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we should probably be afraid. Sure. I, I'm not talking about the giant monstrosity in the woods, though. I'm talking about... Like, like a dude? The Yoda. Okay. Like the, the Yoda, right? Like, the guy that who, who, like, at some point, you know, leaps up and, like, starts slashing with his lightsaber, and you're like, holy fuck. And that, and that can be a, a, a very fulfilling type of, of thing to happen, right? Like an, oh, shit, we're in deeper than we thought they were. But I would much rather that happen... At the start of the fight, or... Or not even at the start of the fight, just, like... 
in a story detail rather than in the the reveal that they get a second turn on the initiative. So, like, what would a story reveal I, be? I think that I see, but here's the thing: I think those are not mutually exclusive. I think they they are paired hand in hand. I think mechanics need to. This is this is like a bit of like a mechanics as metaphor thing. I think the mechanics need to reinforce that story, just as that story needs to reinforce those mechanics, right? Sure. Yeah. Like I think I think the I think that Yoda encounter where the story indicates that he's a super huge badass but he has no mechanics that goes with it, that's weak in the same way that, you know, this is just some random whatever and there's no story to it whatsoever, but all of a sudden he pops on, you know, a bunch of buffs and uh, and extra shit on the initiative tracker and it's like, you know, like I think that's 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 equally a problem, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I like my my point there was that like I I don't think the justification of of essentially hiding that holds water in 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 that scenario like to like to, to kind of like spook you into knowing that these are are are, are greater enemies. Uh, that's that's the greater dog take on it at least. I, I well I think I think sometimes you know the story isn't always definitive you know what I mean and sometimes people you know sometimes you're up against a named NPC and it's you know like and there's a question is he a boss right is this going to be a boss fight um and that's uh and and having that question answered by answered definitively by mechanics is fine in the in the, the exact same way right I think walking up to a guy and saying, you know what, this guy is a named NPC, I know he's really, I know he's tough, I know he's strong, I know that, you know, I know that he's going to be a boss, just be, I'm not even in the encounter yet, and I know that, you know, I'm not going to be able to fight whoever without it being a boss, boss fight. You, you know right now, Barzilithrun is a boss fight. You know right. that because no, of narrative absolutely. reasons. You don't know that because of mechanics reasons. Sure, and that's the, and, and and the the you know the reverse is true, uh, in the in the backside of it. Yeah, sure. I think. So you know we talked about kind of like the context of boss fights in story, and you know what a boss fight is. What are some what are some things you like to see in a boss fight from a mechanical standpoint? Besides, like the fact that oh, it gets more turns. Like, what are some inter- what are some mechanics or strategies you like to see bosses employ? See, I think bosses. Uh, I think bosses should have clear strengths and clear weaknesses, and require complex strategy. But boss fights should be the most complex, like stri- strategical and tactical fights out there. You know what I mean? So they should um, have clear strengths, clear weaknesses, also be full of surprises. Um, hmm. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm not. I'm. I'm speaking a little bit from like a GM perspective. Okay. Um, in the in the in the sense of right, like when I'm designing this, when I'm designing uh, a boss, I will, I'm thinking about it in terms of this. Right. I know that this guy is a do- this guy is a dodger, um, and uh, that's going to be rough. But I know that, it, you know. There, the, the magic can be dispelled, or I know that he, you know, he loses his dodge bonus when being flanked, or you know, like these other kinds of things um, that uh, that are that are hints and that are 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 helpful. And I think that those kinds of strategies are the right way to do it. And I think a lot of the time this is going to be accomplished just by environmental design. Um, sure, I, I I think something that you 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 consistently harken back to the strategy thing, and I think that's all well and good. But again, I'm going to bring up that like. Strategy can't exist with, without 
information like like your your players have to be prepared to, to approach something strategic. Like they they essentially have to do do recon. Um, and that's not always going to be the case with your players. And I'm, I'm you. If your players stumble into uh, an enemy and they happen to have the right spell spheres, that's not strategy, that's luck. I also think, like, um, there's a certain element of emergent gameplay. And, well, I, like, I, you know, for instance... Go ahead. Well, we knew walking into the most rune, re- recent Rune Lords fight, right, in that in that thing, we created a strategy on the fly where we were kiting these guys back into a choke point, right? That That was a... That was a strategy, right? We didn't know walking into it. We adopted it halfway, you know, like halfway through the fight, right? I positioned myself specifically so that if anybody tried to move past me to hit the back line, this didn't end up happening. If anybody tried to move past me in the back line, I could use standstill in order to uh, prevent them from doing that. That's that's part of this, this is what I'm talking about. That's these, these are tactical decisions. These are strategic okay, decisions sure, being made the, in, the, in the in the thick of it. But there there, there are some some things that you can't do it. Like you can't if if you only say only have prepared casters and the shred like you know the the clear weakness is to cast the spell magic on on the on the buffed up creature you can't prepare for that without some sort of reconnaissance knowledge or you you can't and and even if your 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 spontaneous caster happens to have dispel magic that's that's again that's not strategy that's that's luck that you have like I see. I so, it's, it's answerable in both in both senses. By it doesn't necessarily have to be in the encounter. If I know that I'm going up against, you know, whoever this mage, uh, if 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 my if my job right now is to hunt down this person, yeah, to, getting to spell magic to make to pop some of her buffs off. That's a good plan, right? Sure, but that, uh, like that, but that's, that's prior knowledge. That's what, sure, right? But that's that's what I'm saying. I don't think that I don't think that it has to be. Some stuff is going to be in the encounter positioning tactical stuff. Some stuff is going to be out of the encounter uh, tactical stuff. Sure, but, like, so my point is simply that, like, something like a boss whose clear weakness is if you strip all of their buff magic off of them, they're very weak. That has to be an encounter that can be scouted. That can't be uh, That can't be a, a stumbled-into encounter. Yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, that, 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 that's, that's 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 my point that like you that like there are these, these very separate categories of of what you can do if you know that your party is is going to be prepared or not or if you want to tell your party that they should be prepared and shit on them um i mean i also think that nice. i also think that there's parts of this <laughs> uh, that, yes. uh see this this is also going to maybe frustrate you but uh, i also think that there are parts of this that are places to just add uh you know, add like mechanics and ways uh, to to make up to make up that different that difference that you're describing, right? Like maybe okay, so you know, like maybe dispel magic. Uh, you know, like maybe you haven't prepared dispel magic, but there's something in the environment that allows you to dispel the magic for. You know what I mean? Like, and and if you're paying, you know, if you're paying attention to that, uh, you can you can unlock the you can unlock the secret, right? Um, you could also do it in something like uh, this is something I think about. Um, you know, I like the idea of flanking bonuses, removing certain other kinds of buffs. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm a huge dodge tank, I think a, a cool strategic answer to that is to just surround the guy and deny him that uh, that ability to be super uh, super uh, agile, right? You know, like that's that's a real answer to that problem. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
So that's... I think I think there are multiple solutions, right? You can you can have the the boss fight against the the mage who you need to remove his buffs by giving the players the appropriate reconnaissance to say you should prepare these spells, and you can also do it by including in the environment X, Y, and Z that help you dismantle okay. those buffs. That or, actually that actually brings up something that I kind of want to explore, which is I want to ask you guys how do you feel about uh, I'm going to call them puzzle bosses, um, bosses that you by design, don't really beat by by fighting them the traditional way, but you you are you are supposed to beat them by like manipulating the environment in a specific way. Whether it's you know a, a video game example, what this is is you defeat Bowser by by taking out the bridge beneath him in the original Super Mario Brothers. God, what a shit game! <laughs> All right, Sorry. it's time to fight. <laughs> All right, so sorry, Mark. So, what are you doing? Mom, Dad, I'm oh my I, god, I'm so. Oh my god, that part's gonna be terrible in the podcast. I just, <laughs> I, I just feel like anyway, you know, it's not even about no, the boss. Fight. It's not even about the boss fights anymore. It's just watching Mango and Buddy fight like vocally. <laughs> are you happy now? You have your blood sport. Yeah, you like that? You fucking retard. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Anyways, right. um, I think pu- see here's here, so here's another piece of this. I think bosses having clear strengths and clear weaknesses is important, but I don't think that um, every boss needs to be beatable, even if you can't exploit their weakness. Right? Okay. I don't think that see, that, that, that you know <laughs> this is the point that I was going to go into before I made my joke uh the problem with boss with puzzle bosses in the super mario sense is there's no other way to defeat bowser besides solving the puzzle um i think that yeah the boss fight is the boss fight should be beatable by just no strategy everybody runs up and beat sticks the boss um but i i see like Go on, use that your words. That is the inefficient way. That is the inefficient way to beat the boss, right? It is much harder to beat the boss that way. And the the optimal strategy does not preclude, uh, you know, it, it's not like the optimal strategy is the only strategy. It's my point. Okay, I think that's Yeah, fair. I think that's I think that's a good way of approaching things. But what I like to do is I like designing... Um, I don't know. I like to design, you know, in a boss fight, something for everyone in the party to do. So it's like, if you know someone's just going to hit the boss, I don't, I don't think that's a, that's bad. I think it's good to provide other options, too. Like the uh, like the reactors in uh, the Znashin fight, for instance. So what do you guys think about, like... So just to focus on terrain, how do you think terrain should interact with boss abilities? Do you think it's always beneficial to put a boss in favorable terrain, or have interactable terrain, that kind of stuff? I think this actually kind of inter- interacts with the uh, with, with with the the puzzle boss point, where like sometimes it's you know some sometimes that's like how it you know like that's it, it can I, I think there's a point where there's a little bit too much of it, um, like just over like the, overly it, complex kind of thing. Overly complex, um, like I'm not gonna say like like that the that you're, you're more focused on like twiddling the switches than you are on fighting the fight, sure. which is, which is, I think not, not a great well-designed, not a well-designed fight as it were. Um, 
I do think, like, I, I think, you know, to, to answer your point directly, I think it depends on the situation, right? Like, I think there are places for, you know, fighting, fighting a big monster on the big, on a big open plane. I think there are places for, um, fighting a, an undead horror in the middle of like, I don't know, like a glass processing plant and, and having the opportunity to manipulate the battlefield to your advantage. Um, and I think there are, uh, places where like fighting the villain in his lair, which puts the party at a particular disadvantage is also, you know, a good thing. That's, you know, it's, it's going to defend on your fight, right? Like obviously the first one's going to kind of rely on the monster raw. The second one's going to maybe have a little bit of a tougher monster because of the opportunities the environment affords you. And the third one's probably going to have a little bit of an easier monster because of the disadvantages terrain provides you, but that's just all part of the balancing. Act. I think that's as a whole part of part of the boss encounter is, is I think more so than your regular fight, how, um, uh, how to design that full encounter that, that includes the surrounding terrain. And sure. Like, like I don't see, like, I, oof, I don't, man, I have a real tough time with this. Part of me thinks that it's contrived and that that's not necessarily great. Like, part of me thinks that it's, you know, as much as it is my responsibility, I also think there is responsibility on the player's side, right? If you can't find something to do in this boss fight, that's not 100% my fault. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that's part of it. I've definitely seen, I've definitely, yeah, because I've definitely done that where I've included leads for players and they don't take them, but it's like... I don't know. I think I think that that responsibility is shared, right? You know, if if the players aren't picking up when you're putting down, I think it's it's absolutely shared. But that that doesn't mean that you you can't design an interesting arena to fight it, right? Like I think a, a boss, I don't think a boss encounter should be designed such that you could pick up the monster and drop it into any room. I feel like the the whole boss encounter includes the space that, that you fight in. Yeah, I, I mean, oh. I more or less think that about every encounter. I'm just specifically targeting this idea of, uh, you know, like. I, I'm designing each boss encounter for, you know, uh, my each, each of my players has something to do on this boss encounter. Each of my players has something to do on every boss encounter. They fucking hit stuff, right? Or attempt to hit stuff if they're Beauregard. Um, and the – the it's I, – I, I, I feel as though that's a weird way to design the encounter uh, that leads to kind of weird contrivance in certain situations. I think I agree with you, but do you think that there's a – like – if you're playing with a you know your your standard cleric fighter mage rogue, and you're fighting a monster that's immune to magic, I think it behooves you as a GM to maybe drop some sort of breadcrumb for the mage to play with. If if you know that that's going to be like a a thing that shows that you're, especially if it's a boss fight, right? Like if if it's like a, if it's a random mook, then you can kind of be like, well, deal with it. This happens sometimes, but for uh, no one likes to feel like they were ineffective in a major and impactful fight. Um, I agree yeah, with that. So yeah. like, I, but I think – see, here's the thing. I think that that is – it's not like an exception, right? But that's the, that's the time when you add something for the mage, right? But you don't right. add something for the fighter. He, the fighter, the right. fighter can just okay. yeah, yeah. go beat stick the golem, right? Yeah, I so, agree with that. You, it's, that, that that's, the, that's the point I'm making. I think that uh, – I guess is is you know I think that for for some fights for some players yeah you need to you need to add a breadcrumb um, but for plenty of fights and plenty of players you don't have to go out of your way to give everybody something to do. Um, what, what do you think, Mark? Being the person that that brought this up, 
I think the environment is as much part of the encounter as the boss you put in it, just because you know you don't always have to have something for everyone to do all the time. But I think in a boss fight, you do need to have some way for everyone to meaningfully contribute. Otherwise, you just have someone standing in the back, oh, I cast Force Wall, if it moves, kind of thing. And I think having oh man, who would ever do that? Well, uh, the thing is, like, I think that's I think that's a viable strategy, right? It's just like I just think that there's probably more entertaining things to be done. I think that's also kind of a... That's a player side issue, perhaps, but I think it's also... No, 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 but I I think that's also kind of like a... Like, to to get into... It's it's a matter of, you know, sometimes, as as a player, you, you feel obligated to do the most effective thing rather than the coolest thing, which is... Which is, I think, something you should strive to never... Like, that that... that that argument should rarely, if ever, happen, and I feel like you, you want to create an attitude at the table to to make, uh, at least in, in some situations. It, it depends on the ten, the tenor of the campaign, sure. but um, I, I feel like you want to incentivize the awesome thing over the effective thing in, in most cases. Um, and I, I think, for for instance, you, Mark, do, do a fairly good job of of from playing in your campaign, the players know that doing cool things generally works out okay. Type of yeah, thing, I think right? it's sort of, you know, but I think just on a point that it's like, if, if you do a cool thing for its own sake or because it's appropriate, I think that generally works. It's just like when you try and do it for, you know, a clear numbers game kind of thing that I start yeah, to have an issue with it. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, I see, I, I, have, I have a tough relationship with this because uh, to a certain extent... I want to protect a player's uh, ability to just jerk off the numbers, you know? Right. Uh, I think obscuring that time, is also very important. I think it's like, you know. yeah. Because it's one of those things where, I, you know, like, you know, Nick is a player like this. I, I am not this kind of player. Nick is this kind of player, right? He wants to take the most numbers-efficient action every turn, and sometimes that's just full attacking, right? You know, sometimes it's just sitting there and rolling your full attack macro over and over, this is, what, this is what Colbjorn was in Iron Gods. This is what this is like the entire campaign of Iron Gods, right? Right. Uh, it right. was just rolling, you know, these full, and it was just the the numbers themselves was the enjoyment of those characters. And I don't want to take that away from anybody. I don't want to diminish that uh, kind of thing. But yeah, you know, like for Hell's Rebels, I would like it if they, that that can also be a very disengaging experience because it becomes pretty self centered. Uh, it becomes kind of, you know, I I feel I get a. Uh, you know, like, I get catharsis from me rolling numbers real well, but Enoch rolling numbers real well, I don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? And I think that well-designed, you know, well-designed encounters that are, uh, you know, like, as we're talking about them, more, you know, you're doing cooler stuff, uh, and you're doing unique stuff, that, those are the encounters where, um, every, you know, those are the encounters where people don't tune out, you know? I also think, right. by the way... The strategic encounters are the encounters where people don't tune out, right? I'm never going to tune out on an encounter where I'm trying to execute a strategy with my team because I need to pay attention to what my team are doing in in order to properly execute this strategy, um, which is why I, 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 I might lean heavily more heavily on that than, uh, than other people do. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think part of it, too, is – I don't know. This, this this thinking on that general topic, I think part of it's also uh, deep pro like 
at least in, in our friend group, we've got a this just goes back to Captain Crunches and theater kids. We've got a we've got a lot of gamers and deprogramming game behavior from them. It is difficult is a, uh, or impossible. Yeah, but I think yeah. I think I think a little bit of obfuscation goes a long way as long as it's kind of the players are permissive of that and they have to go in being permissive. You know, as far as the sacred contract goes, you just have to say, "Look, I'm going to pull some bullshit, deal with it," and. You know, if that's kind of the accepted way to go, I think that opens up a lot of opportunity. I don't know. Sure. I just think, like, something interesting to do with boss encounters is to do things you can't do with normal fights. Like, add some rules, do something different. You know, don't, like, make it completely obtuse. Don't have your solar cycle be dependent on your, like, chi score. If you're only a third-level Tau, you have to be at least a fourth-level Tau before you get in that kind of complexity. Jesus we should do, we should do a, a cast on the Tau. No, 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 nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hard veto. Well, I, 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 that cast would be all of five seconds. What do you like about the Tau? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, game over. Right. God. Well, fine. I, it's not that I, it's not that I hate the Tau. I you just, just hate what it represents. I, hate, I just hate what it represents. <laughs> you know? I just, yeah. I, I, you know. God, I hate the what, what 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 book is that in, Mark? Because because we, we we could probably do a cast where it's like Buddy Buddy and Mango rip apart Mark, some can't... third party bullshit. Mar- yeah, yeah, Buddy yeah, Mango I, I destroy totally Mark's sacred. Oh, hey, by the way, I think I'm gonna make another. Uh, I think I'm gonna make another Warlord class. Not soon, but I was thinking about it yesterday in the shower. No, that's not true. While I was pooping, <laughs> I was like, "Why isn't why? there a good Artificer class in Pathfinder?" There, like, there's oh, a lot of them. How would I do that? What what are there? There's a lot. There's a lot of like homebrew kind of variants. I'll link some of them after this. Oh, they're yeah, they're I, all yeah, pretty good. Um, so, so I was thinking about that, but I got a really neat idea that I guess I don't want to talk about yet. Because anyway, I don't want you to tell me that's a shitty idea before I go nuts on it. Well, I mean, you um, did you did think of it while you were pooping. So if I, def- I did, I, you know, it is it is in that it sense, is a def- literally a shitty, a shitty idea. idea. <laughs> anyway, also wow, I'm throwing a warlord man. at you guys. And, Lord's campaign. Oof. I'm Ooh. excited. I love I love You Lord's. won't be. Alright. Okay. <laughs> can I just when I die, when 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 Kenzo dies, can I roll a warlord? No. Can I, can I create a warlord? Re roll rerolling is bad. Shimata, I hate you. I fucking hate you. You, wait, you don't like re rolling? What's wrong with re rolling? No, 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 I'm just like shitting on you because like that was Nick's thing, right? It's like re rolling's a lot of work. Oh, oh, yeah. I know. I'm just I mean, I anyway. What he was getting at. But okay, back to tangent. back to back to but, like uh, the boss yeah. fights. So in that See, in know, that you know boss, a fight, boss fight, warlords killing people. Killing people? people. Yeah, yeah. Like killing players off. I love that. How do you feel about that, Mango? Like, do you think like the killing players in a boss fight? <laughs> um. So I think it's so. This is like this what is are acceptable losses in a boss fight? I guess. Um. I actually, I actually had a, a, a TP or almost a TPK recently. Wow, really? Um, what happened? Uh, uh, actually, it was two days ago. Um, what happened was is the gunslinger iterated over the doors. Wait, what do you um, mean iterated? Fe- oh, I know who the gunslinger you, is. You know how it's, it, it's Zao, it right? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know how like Jew would just kind of be like, "I open the next door." Well, yeah, still, like halfway down the hall. That. Oh God. Um, and he found some, and then um, there there was some external factors as well um, that that kind of made made the fight not the greatest. Tell us about it. But, give give us the full details. 
there, there, there were some kind of like, uh, there, there, there are some factors that I, I'm not going to go into that, that have to do with like table fatigue, but um, there were, there was also like the the party decided that the the best strategy, everybody except for the archer decided the best strategy was to stand in the middle of the hall and try and outbeat Stick the Ogre. I know who the archer is. <laughs> oh God. Um. Anyway, it's not actually who you it's think Chuck-less, it is. It's Chucklos, right? Um, no. No. What? It's not. Yeah, I know who it is. Is it is it um, Madar? Anyway. It's Rico. Yeah. All right. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. So, so, so as actually, as kind of to the table fatigue point, he hadn't played in three months, so he had his thinking hat on, um, and went and hid in a closet. Um, but like they, so they just, they just tried to stand and outbeat stick the ogres and it didn't work out. Um, and as, as kind of happens. Yeah. So the way I handled that was kind of, um. It's it's actually almost at exactly the same point we are in in your Rune Lords game, but I had um I had somebody, um, like essentially tie them up to interrogate them, and now they're going to play the Black Arrows on a rescue mission for their old characters. Um, oh, that's actually which, kind of neato. Um, and which is nice because I don't they don't even have to roll their own characters; they just take the pre-gen ones. Um, and I think that. Like, when you get to a certain point in the game, for like forcing someone to re-roll is not fun, right? Like, it's not like, especially for things that like like there are moments where it would where it's good to die, right? Like, or where, where it's fun, like you know, you die in an epic standoff, right? right? Like, but if, if you, you die, or if, if you die you, because you did something really stupid, I think is also okay. Sure. Well, but like the, so the line between well, those is really. If you big. die because you did something really stupid, that's a punishment, which is a a thing that you can do, right? Like punishing the players is not always it's wrong, yeah. Wrong. Um, it, but that that is a punishment. Oof, that's that's can a I, can thing. Can I tell you, you something? Can... I'm killing a sacred cow in uh, in Hell's Rebels. This is going to be a hardcore sacred cow to kill too, uh, especially for certain boss monsters. Yeah, the so there's this kind of like un unspoken rule that when a player goes down they're allowed the time to kind of bleed out and stuff like that yeah i i don't like that i think that enemies are going to try and execute players and that's something you guys are be like that's that's part of it people are gonna have to deal with that um okay. not in not that's, in a, not in a, like see the thing is not in a hardcore punishing way um because i think it, it should all be coup de gras, which you're gonna have to, that that's something that gets set up over multiple turns um and is interruptible so to speak but it's one of those things where i really don't like this idea where like oh a player goes down he gets knocked unconscious and all of the enemies scatter away from his unconscious body to go fight something else i kind of want them to you know what i mean like i i kind of want there to be a little bit more tension in that um sure I think part of I think the reason that that mechanic exists is 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 to give players a little bit more time. I think that the justification story wise is fairly you know simple. There, it's like they they have beaten this character, and you know killing the person does not take them out of the fight, and so they're better served right helping the rest yeah. of the fight. I that, think, that makes I think sense. that's definitely true, and and it's I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to say that every single encounter is going to behave this way, um, but. Uh, I uh, it's something that I've kind of noticed, and I've I've just kind sure. of like made a mental note to myself, be like, you know, like if somebody's playing an assassin, you know, like if you're if you guys are fighting an assassin and an assassin takes somebody out, he's not going to just walk away from that, right? He's going to make sure he gets the kill, kind of thing. But if you're just fighting a bunch of fucking thugs, right? Yeah, the thugs are more 
Uh, the yeah. thugs are not and concerned I, with, you know, brutally murdering you guys. Oh, God. No, I, I, I think there's a situation for, for the the uh, the inverse um, Iron God situation, which is, you know, um, somebody is somebody knows that they're fucked. So the, their, their last act of, of, of vengeance is just be an asshole and, and coup de grace. And I think that that's fine, too. But I also think that. Yeah, I think that's also OK. I, I think that's also something that. Again, that like to, to to go back to, this is not so much sacred contract as it is just kind Dick of like, like 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 table attitude, right? Like, I feel like it's a disservice to the players to not let them know that that's the kind of game you're running. Oh well, yeah. Like, if that's the kind of well, I mean, it's also kind of it also can be kind of obvious if it's like, oh shit, we all just like almost TBK in the first encounter. Welcome to Dark Souls. Like, you yeah, know, I think, I think it's, that's, I think that's a little bit of it. I also think that because there's enough time, uh, hypothetically, there's enough time to react to it. Right. Like, I don't think any, it's I, uh, the, something sure. that not, none of these enemies are going to do is make, take a move action to go to the unconscious body and a standard action to attack it. Right. Um, I think that the proper way to do that is they take a move action to go to the unconscious body and then. Uh, the, they wait, you know, they wait their turn so they can do the full round action coup de gras, right? Because that gives you that gives you another cycle through all of the turns in order for the party to save that person by interrupting this. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's important. Yeah, and, and I I think you could I think it's actually interesting because you can play with that. Uh, you can play with that later in the game too. Like if you if your players eventually have access to Breath of Life, you can have a character that takes the, the, the feat that lets you coup de grab people faster. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and I also think... And create tension and, you know, make the cleric sprint over and try and heal him before he... Yeah, I... I yep, I 100% agree with that. I think I think lethal play uh, like that is uh, uh, pretty good in a world where resurrection isn't the worst thing in the world, which is, you know... I, I, I really wanted to to fuck with it some more in, uh, in hell's rebels, but I just, I could never kind of come down on any rules that I liked, uh, as a substitution for the in-game, uh, you know, raised dead resurrection, true res, uh, kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, like, I feel like we could maybe even do a, a whole cast. Yeah. I definitely think, that. I think there's a whole cast there. Um, but, uh, um, but, um, the, to kind of unwind back to boss fights, I think the biggest danger um, when kill when you know potentially killing players in a boss fight is um, the player having nothing else to do for the rest of the fight, which is not fun. like that, that. Like again, in this in in this in this TPK that happened two days ago, did, they, did um, like on did it actually TPK or um close uh, enough? One character one character got got away to to gather the black arrows. Oh boy. Um. Um. And no one no one died everybody's bleeding out on the floor and then as the character runs away he hears voices like ah, bring them to my to my lair to oh god yeah, i actually I like that i think that's a pretty good save uh it in the end in the instance of a tpk because otherwise you run into buddy's favorite trope which is a bunch of npcs show up at the nick of time to save you yeah um and it, it worked well for that specific situation but um to, to get back to the original point um the the gunslinger that was iterating went down in the surprise round because he was damaged from the previous encounter um, and the like. And so after a couple rounds, I let him control one of the ogres um, just to, to give him something to do. 
Um, hmm. That I is actually a really neat idea because that worked really well in World 20. I can just give somebody control yeah. of the mob on the fly. I wasn't – so I'm not super – so, again, it depends on the table attitude, right? Like, you you can't have players getting mad at other players for killing their characters if they're playing their their their, their enemy character. I, I just don't know but, if that would work. It's, it's I, I it, it just – gets difficult. Jeez, holy it, fuck, man! How do I feel about this? Yeah, like I, I think, I think even from from my table, it wasn't the greatest idea. But I wanted to give, like, at at the point which I gave him control of the character, I thought it's late. In, you know, it's the benefits of having him not literally fall asleep in his chair because he has literally nothing to do is better than is better than the potential thrust at the table. I, I, yeah, I, I, I think that's well. I think it can go both ways. Yeah, but yeah. anyway. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tr- it's like, do you trust your players to not be? No. Yeah. <laughs> assholes about it. Like, <sighs> man, how do I feel about that? I, I yeah, I, I think know. it's a good I, system. I think that's cool. I just don't I, know. Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, honestly, sometimes kind of want to almost like say that that's that you know yeah that that's just a casualty of war you know like your your character went down uh and uh that means you're gonna just kind of be out for the rest of the fight sorry that sucks but you know it's just kind of one session it's one session of like a hundred um i don't know yeah i I think I, I, man, think, I, I think I think so. so I really, if, I, I, as even as soon as I said, question. yeah, even as soon as I said that, I kind of don't even agree with that logic. Um, it's one of those things where, like, you know, if if you want to build kind of a a culture of interest at the table, that does not help with that, um, at all. And it's 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 you know it's again so, sometimes sometimes you you hope that like the player can just kind of nut up and be like, okay, that happened. I'm going to try and stay wrapped at, at what, the rest of what's happening. But sometimes that's just, just not the, the attitude at the moment or the player at the time. Yeah. You know, it also depends. You know, sometimes players can get, you know, uh, understandably players can get, I don't want to say butthurt. Uh, Cause that, that you know, frustrated. But yeah, but yeah, like players, frustrated players in the, in the, the real, because, you know, their, their dude went down in the fight. I think a lot of the times, um, you know, a lot of the times we treat death, and this is a little bit bleeding into the other idea, but a lot of the times we treat death as if the player did something wrong, right? As if this player fucked up and they are being punished for their uh, their fuck up, right? Um, but in plenty of situations, that's not necessarily the case, right? A lot of the times... Yeah, and th- those great. are the worst. Yeah, We're, like it's just... Like a bad crit on a glaive. Yeah. Um, oh, who knows about that? Not Buddy, who got badly crit by a glaive at level three and died. Like, oh yeah, that's. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it happens. Right, and, right. You know, and it's uh, it, it kind of is, and, and that sucks to be out of the rest of that fight. It, it really does. Um, it 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 just it just feels it feels bad from from both from a player's perspective. It feels bad from a GM perspective in some way. It's just. Yeah, it's hard to come up with with things for players to do. Um, that might like that. That might be part of uh, of a player death podcast, and we're we're, we're running kind of long. All right. Now, so. Well, do you guys yeah, want to well, wrap it I up? We've, yeah, I think we've covered our. Uh, I think we've covered our bases pretty uh, pretty well. Uh, and uh, I don't know what uh, what what do we have coming up? 
Hell's Rebels is tomorrow, but this isn't going to be out by that. So Hell's Rebels uh, is tomorrow. Rude Lords is Monday. Shadowruns Wednesday. Yeah, Shadowruns is next Wednesday. We are skipping. Uh, we're skipping Hell's Rebels because we, we are officially entering two on one off for every game. Um, yeah, that that phase of of the ch- of the the channel. And we've evolved yeah. to be able uh, to juggle three games like real adults. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like we're practicing for managing child custody when we're in our thirties. <laughs> maybe oh we'll uh, <laughs> brutal. Um, maybe we'll stream something that isn't that isn't Rune Lords or isn't tabletop games. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> Let's stream League of Legends. Nobody does stream, that. I should probably stream LOL to the channel because I've been playing so much of it. Evan and I want to do yeah. a like do want to do a stream of Dead Space three at some point just so you can watch us shoot each other in the dick until we Oof. over and over anyway. Yeah, what well, Manko and I something that, something I something I think would be cool would be like uh, have have everybody or have have everybody in the channel and have one person being the stream on the channel and potentially have multiple people streaming so you can kind of jump in and see how your bronze support's doing. Do pew 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 pew. But like that, I think that'd be neat. Dude, we should do uh, bronze. I'd love like to that. do bronze commentary. Oh, dude, I just love to do commentary of your games in general. And as you can see, it's buddy, buddy is uh in a position <laughs> knowing as being in there while Enoch <laughs> continues to feed the jungler. Yeah, uh we the uh the, the I think the only thing we have planned to stream is Mango and I are gonna do when Total War Warhammer comes out, we're gonna do a co op campaign that we stream. Uh might not be on launch. Um I'll talk to you about that later, buddy, but it will be soon after Oh launch. no, what happened? I'll, 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 okay, what? Well, uh, yeah, I'll you just said you, it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, loyal viewers. Uh, Thanks for listening to our boss podcast. Send us emails. Tweet at me. Yes. Give your bosses more rounds. If you have solutions to dead players. Send us. Send us dick pics. Send us your. Yeah. <laughs> do that. Send Mark dick pics. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, you can email us at subderpsplaygames at gmail.com. You can watch us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash subderpsplaygames. You can find us on YouTube at some arcane earl that I'll what? link in the description. <laughs> oh, I thought you like, some arcane earl sounds bo- like fucking baller. Oh, sound, yeah, that's Dude, <laughs> I want to be called some arcane earl. That's, that's, that's amazing. Anyway. Yeah. No, I, this is this is something I discovered recently that like I say, I say earl I have for a while, but what, I, what I'm saying is I'm the earl of arcane. I'm, I'm, yeah, but no no one no one else says that and I have to catch myself. But anyway, until next time dear listeners, farewell. <laughs>